I find editing just purely music. Like I wish I was very well versed with music. Hmm. Sometimes I feel like the editing is so much of the whole filmmaking is uh, like actually watching a film is like watching a symphony being put together. Hmm. Are you doing justice to the story? Hmm. If the edit is doing justice to the story. that means it's a good edit for me even if it's a bad edit am i getting the experience what they want me to get okay. on that if i'm mm. questioning edit and all that in that experience that means the film has a problem the whole beauty of filmmaking is the whole process like mm. you are watching a film you are sucked into everything mm. in terms of so if that film works for you then everything is an invisible art for you hello welcome to where we talk about films a podcast where of course where we talk about films My name is Vidar Joshi. I'm your host, and today's episode is about editing. How an editor crafts a narrative out of hours and hours of footage, fixing all the errors which happened at the production stage. And for your understanding, for your better understanding, and only for that, we decided to start this episode with a continuity error. So yeah. while learning trying to learn about film editing i came across this one line which said that cutting to a shot is like looking towards something and this basically made me realize how much of a power a film editor holds over a film because they can basically decide what a person will see and what the person won't see and this can either make the film or break the film so to understand this whole dynamic even more today we have with us one of the finest film editors working in the industry right now he's the man behind beautiful films like masan Gully Boy, Razi, Trapped, and so many more. So today we have with us Mr. Nitin Beth. Welcome, sir. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you, thank you, Vidar. So how are you, sir? How's this quarantine treating you? I'm good, yeah. I'm like um just been like it's like a sudden break on my uh, kind of work process that I was doing because I was jumping between like one film after another. So yeah. when this whole thing happened uh, at that moment, I was actually. working on 83 and gunjan saxena mm-hmm. so there was palali and there is an anthology of a short film which uh dharma is doing that is for netflix so i was parallelly jumping between all these three projects and that time suddenly though every project was at a different stage thankfully so like mm-hmm. 83 we were almost there in terms of the edit was locked but we had to we were just waiting for stuff to come from vfx so we could just put it together and see what final tweaks to make and all that kind of stuff and uh, but after that it's been just quite like a relaxed like i've been just mm-hmm. chilling at home i'm doing stuff which i wasn't getting time to do mm-hmm. so like reading up a lot watching stuff uh, learning keyboard doing uh, varied stuff and like yes. i've started got back into editing but obviously nothing like massively because there's no time pressure right now so everyone mm-hmm. is slightly relaxed just waiting how things shape up in terms of the in terms of the coming days yeah so that's okay. all so let's start start at the beginning how did your like how your journey with films began so my journey with films began i think it has to be like around 9 when i was in class 9th or 10th mm-hmm. uh it that is something like i feel like initially it sort of started with bollywood there's nothing else which mm. i was exposed to so uh, i was obviously interested into storytelling i know like somewhere like before because i use i come from a very different sort of i come from a very business oriented background 
so like my family is into business so there was nothing like i didn't have never had an inclination towards going in that field itself i always had that inclination where i was enjoying reading stuff fictional books and all that kind of stuff and watching stuff but like it was in class 9th and 10th i think watching like a lot of bollywood films at that period of time it was the 90s now what you might look as some of the trashy movies and everything but at that point of time that sort of influenced you in some way mm-hmm. and i knew i thought ki i wanted to get into films and i wanted to get into something related to media mm-hmm. of course i didn't know what like a filmmaker job is at that point of time fully uh then uh, then like the major hitting happened was like when i did like uh, when i went to do my graduation course in price college bangalore okay. uh that that time like i was doing a course in ba in communicative english which was like 3 years of media studies psychology english literature and at that point of time i joined a film club in bangalore called uh, collective chaos Okay. and that 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 film club was pretty much the defining sort of setup for hmm. my journey as a matlab uh, as like wanting to understand ki what i really want to do or what like what filmmaking is because that was the first time i was exposed to films from all around the world hmm. and it was the first time you got to see like iranian movies and you suddenly see like this another way of making a film it's just not a certain way how we have been grown up seeing a certain bollywood way of filmmaking so that itself like gave me like some sort of a key, okay there's a lot more you can do with films and that was a clear idea that i wanted to do something with film hmm. and then after that it was like a, there was a clarity ki i want to do something i didn't know obviously the first instinct was initially was direction uh in terms of like okay let okay. me just like i'll direct something mm-hmm. so we directed like couple of short films mm-hmm. while i was doing it was what happened was during the last year of my graduation i was getting some gigs where i could like sit on the edit and i could just uh, mm. i could like work on the edit and i could get like makes like a pocket money out of mm-hmm. like those uh, just sort of supervising edits which i sort of learnt on the job there was nothing okay. no one else sort of mentoring so when that sort of happened I, that was my first exposure to editing these were films which were like corporate driven films which were primarily designed to like there'll be a gladiators mm. meet so we'll take footage from gladiator and make like a narrative out of it okay See, there's a gladiators meet so <laughs> like it's it's like uh, stuff like this which was very strange but like this gave me much more exposure mm. to just take out footage from random films and put okay. together a narrative and that appealed to so you that, that particular thing more about than appealing that at that point of time it was more like a pocket money you were getting uh-huh. for something you were like you were not thinking in terms uh-huh. of that one ki is it really in the hindsight uh-huh. when you see it ki of course there was some interest which sort of lead uh-huh. on to uh, larger things in terms of that but at the initial level you were like ki ha matlab it's it's a very easy job matlab uh-huh. i can do this and make some uh-huh. money also and that's good only uh-huh. so suddenly it felt very easy to do that and uh, but of course you so, sort of within like 5 10 videos you do you sort sort of realize ki okay this is a getting a little uh-huh. boring job also uh-huh. after a point of time because you just have to go and look out the footage for whatever your emotion you have written a script mm-hmm. you have to find exact footage from different uh-huh. films and put it together mm-hmm. it almost like a building like a show reel with like footage of uh-huh. already short films uh-huh. so that sort of like that was my introduction to editing itself like okay. uh, and that sort of pretty much set my mind to what editing really revolves around 
Okay. After that, it was like I uh, applied at SRFTI, applied at FTI. I didn't get in at FTI. I got in at SRFTI as a waiting list. Hmm. But uh, then my dad was like slightly getting impatient. He wanted to sort of quickly decide because he was, but of course, being from business family, he was like, hmm. I don't know this sort of line doesn't work for me mentally. Hmm. But like, if you want to do, do it quickly and figure it out because don't waste time. So then I ended up going to Whistling Woods, and okay. that's where I. So the initial instinct, both the FTS or FTI had applied for direction, mm-hmm. and Whistling Woods I had just applied for editing. For some strange reason, I just applied editing because I thought that direction I'm gonna go get out and I'm gonna be in AD, and okay. editing is something I can see that where I'll have some control, mm-hmm. where I'll be involved in creative process, mm-hmm. and if I want to direct, that could eventually happen even while I'm editing or something like that. So there's okay. no like sort of a fixed path anyways in this mm-hmm. line because I was reading up a lot about other filmmakers about things. So editing seemed like one place where it. It all accumulates, and you sort of finally see a film coming together. Okay. So that sort of got me the clarity, and did like two-year course from Bistling Woods. And after that, it's been like uh, my first film as an assistant was Gangs of Wasipur, and then uh, I did like an associate on Hasi to Fasi, uh-huh. and then I became independent with okay. Masan and Craft, mm-hmm. and then it pretty much went on from there. Okay. So I'll 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 start when you started as an editor. you might be yeah. getting a tons and tons of footage and that can be overwhelming yeah. sometimes so how do you yeah. begin as an editor artistically and mm. technically like how do you start with so much of footage i see what the thing i realized is ki initially i was to get scared with the amount of footage like mm-hmm. i felt like ki initially uh, when you when i started editing it always used to feel like ki oh actually this film has less footage so you mentally sort of were relieved a little <laughs> bit when you saw like a lot of directors shooting so much mm-hmm. and like shooting so much coverage in terms of like mm-hmm. from every possible angle mm-hmm. so initially it was that fear but i think hasi to fasi sort of trained me because we had like an insane amount of footage in that film it was mm-hmm. like a matlab it was like a because vinil was coming from an ad film background he used mm-hmm. to shoot a lot mm-hmm. and he shot a lot and there was a lot to go through every time you are doing it so that sort of at least paved the way for me to okay, okay it can be handled so when the footage comes to me primarily i don't now i don't see it as ki okay there's a lot of footage it's primarily i look at it ki okay like let me break it down okay. like, let me just see this chunk huh. first let me approach like this like if you are going walking from this place to a to b so i'll just figure what is what are the three points that you're going to be stopping at from a to b Okay. and i'll break it down into that each point mm. i'll break it down into one step two step three step four mm. step and just sort of move in that way because mm. i realized ki there's no other way to sort of go about it because you have to sort of look at the footage you have to see why the director has taken so many takes what what was he or she trying to achieve something in through different takes or is it like he just to get like act actors into a rhythm where mm. they can do something more amazing mm-hmm. so that, that that's kind of a thing but i feel like instinctively it's more to do with like you create a structure when the first edit when the first, then you see the amount of footage mm. you first thing is just create a base of so the once interface? you have a base no no of the like i'm talking about like i'm right now i'm looking at scenes i'm okay. not even getting into the whole film so, so i have like let's imagine gully boy i have the opening sequence scene mm. 
okay so i have so many so many angles taken from that so i just cut the scene i like first like quickly just cut the scene from last takes huh. i pick up the last takes and i do a lineup okay. so i get the sense of structure mm -hmm. okay this is what like the structure is mm -hmm. just with last takes i just sort of get a sense of structure okay. then after that what i do is then i start going into the detail what is the emotion of the scene what is the core thought of the scene mm -hmm. what what is the scene trying to say why am i even cutting this scene mm -hmm. so those kind of question i start building up in terms of what does which character wants which angle or what what sort of like how do we introduce ranveer do we introduce okay. him in a manner uh, where he is coming as nonchalantly mm -hmm. or we introduce him in a slightly heroic manner mm -hmm. what is good like why has the director so you start understanding why mm -hmm. director has approached something and why a certain thing has been shot in a matter so you you start discovering and then through the process you if you have your own discoveries hmm. you know this is not working what the director intended mm -hmm. you cut to something what you feel is much more organic and much more uh, real to the honest to the material okay. so once you have like cut one scene then you that process goes on for individual scenes, scenes. like till every, all the scenes are ready mm -hmm. and then when all the scenes are put together that's when your editing of the film huh, starts okay. that's when you start like joining it together hmm. making it like a smooth ride from one scene to another scene hmm. making it seamless hmm. it doesn't feel like he, they are shot like a chunk hmm. when you're watching it it feels seamless hmm. so that's the process and of course the put going back to the footage uh, looking at the amount of footage that always keeps happening even when you go when you accumulate uh -huh. the whole film suddenly you realize ki oh i was cutting the scene because you were mostly cutting the scenes as short films every huh. time yeah, yeah yeah because you want to put everything that is there best in the scene you hmm. want to put it even though you have a knowledge somewhere like once you edit two three films you will subconsciously have that certain knowledge ki ye to this will go i am hmm. sure this will get out of the film hmm. this will stay this won't be there hmm. but like you still want to keep it just to see the larger picture huh. once ek bar as per the written mm -hmm. word and then you want to just remove when you are cutting in a seamless flow okay. so that's where the whole uh, that's where the whole difference is to sort of like let the film breathe itself and huh. sort of find the rhythm yourself hmm. and that's when you whether when you put it together you need to go back again to the footage hmm. you will go back to the footage but there's a different journey now because you have seen the footage so you are much more aware now uh -huh. while you were cutting the scene you are you have sort of mentally assigned aligned yourself to the footage yeah. so it doesn't feel like there's a lot of footage now in terms hmm. of that hmm. Okay, so uh, after cutting each and individual individual scene as a short film, you said you put the whole film together, yeah. and at this stage yeah. you decide the pace of the film because you were editing each and every scene individually. So now the overall pace of the film is decided during this part or even later. No, no, no. Overall, the pace of the film will be decided once I put it put everything together, mm -hmm. and it's not something like I sit and decide. Ki, okay, I'm gonna make it. Like uh -huh. there's an inherent rhythm while you are cutting the film itself. Hmm. When you start cutting the film, you have an inherent rhythm. When you read the script, you have an inherent rhythm. Now the thing is, you are trying to catch that rhythm. Hmm. It's more to do with like you not that you are gonna cut it. Like there's uh -huh. already a rhythm that is there in how the actors have delivered the lines, how uh, your characters have been, how your script is written. Now it's all about just actually finding ways to find that. Hmm. actual rhythm which would fit in for the film mm -hmm. and that's when you sort of like start doing it so with gully boy it was like when you sort of like just to give you that example 
we sort of put it together it was a really long cut because we had so much so stuff much. to play around mm-hmm. with and then when you start like going and it's all very very specific to then you start like analyzing ki why is this scene important hmm. why is this scene not important what are we trying to say in this scene can it be said without saying the line or can does that line is important what the hmm. dialogue is character is speaking like just to give you were very clear like a very interesting example was gully boy the first time murad writes poetry on the terrace huh. if you have seen that scene yes yes that scene was actually written for something else so if okay. you go on the deleted scenes mm-hmm. uh, there's like an opening sequence which was shot mm-hmm. which was like a beautiful opening sequence through dhara wheat was shot of his friend dying which okay. we completely removed from mm-hmm. the film so if you check the deleted scenes there's a whole opening sequence of his friend he goes to the loo uh, morning he wakes up he goes to the loo he or oh, he enters the loo he sees his friend dead or whatever in the loo he is uh, drank poison and sort of died in the loo and then there's a funeral that happens okay. and at that night he is writing poetry for that friend okay so what happened was what happened was when uh, so this was how it was written and this was how it was shot so when i sort of saw it i'm like why like my investment in the film is much more with the mother than the this friend mm-hmm. and or than with the so mm-hmm. so if they if i could connect this writing poetry bit to the mother it will have much more impact right. because okay. then you will feel his pain much more mm-hmm. than just the friend ke liye likhega to so that's when i sort of shifted like when we edited that whole chunk of the friend we used that night bit just after the wedding thing uh-huh. so after he sees his mother alone sleeping this mm. one and that night he's writing poetry the feeling is, is altogether yeah, something yeah. different you have got the sympathy with the character mm. you have seen like there's an artist inside him who's writing from his own experiences and writing from his own whatever he's seeing in his life and there's already as an artist to artist there's always a connection that you the audience gets with the, like the person yeah yeah matlab this guy is so matlab there's some sort of uh-huh. generosity or some sympathy that you can create hmm. to your characters and that sort of builds up to this one so this is like one example there like tons hmm. of examples like this where you sort of have these journeys which constantly keep happening hmm. where you tweak certain things and suddenly the uh, the emotion changes. changes the thought changes the or uh, the final uh, final throwback uh-huh. of the scene changes okay so uh, uh one one basic question a lot of editors have been asked ki how do you know when to cut like how does that work how for an editor now when to cut a particular uh, shot see i feel it's a very instinctive thing personally hmm. it's like music uh, something like ki you play a music and people who are like creating music uh, i find editing just purely music like i wish i was very well versed with music Hmm. sometimes i feel like the editing is so much of the whole filmmaking is like actually watching a film is like watching a symphony being put together hmm. and like when i say that of course it sounds very like beautiful and glorious of hmm. course there's a lot more struggle in terms of like a lot of people coming together hmm. to create the symphony but what what i mean is ki there's that rhythm of the film in terms of like ki what like you have like these chords which are taking up somewhere somewhere it going down somewhere it becomes mm. emotional somewhere it becomes like dark somewhere it so when i sort of approach it i matlab thankfully i have now i am like not never thinking ki uh, where to cut it like i have gone in instincts mm. like i am not a person like and there are a lot of editors everyone has a different process that's mm. there 
बट देर लॉर्ड ऑफ एडिटर्स लाइक इसमें दो फ्रेम कम कर दो इसमें चार फ्रेम कम कर दो देर वेरी शार्प लाइक लॉर्ड ऑफ एडिटर प्राइमरी हुईटिंग बैकग्राउंड विच वॉज लाइक कटिंग ऑन हाँ so they were very sure about ek frame and i am a digital guy in terms of like born in like fcp and like yeah. started my career with fcp so i have never had like that kind of an instinct ki char frame kam kar do usme se and that will be a good hmm. scene that panch frame kam kar do usme se and everything so that kind of thing i purely go with my instinct in terms of things and it's more of a discovery for me also okay. it's like ki i am not saying ki i know everything Yeah. I don't know anything. I am also as clueless as my uh, journey, like as in terms of like mm-hmm. to explore the film as to find its own rhythm, mm-hmm. because it's like a the journey for me also, and it's trying to understand ki what the film is trying to say. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I will see to it. I'll hold something longer, and I'll just see to it. Oh, is it working? It's looking nice. Suddenly, I'm holding on to that moment, uh-huh. and the stay is making a lot more sense. Hmm. which is why like when you see like any sort of a film whether trapped or uh masan hmm. like you never had like that kind of a thing like we would like just see if the performance holds uh-huh. if there's something that you want to say through a performance and something that you want hmm. to say through a look like the masan ka scene where he's looking into the river uh hmm. it's just like a simple sort of a moment when he throws the ring and he's looking at the river is like how much you want to hold on to uh-huh. and how much before he starts mm-hmm. running mm-hmm. and going diving into the water mm-hmm. so those are the things it comes instinctively once you start practicing more and more it gets refined in terms of uh refined in terms of a general thought process okay. when i say uh, there's a way that the world perceives a film mm-hmm. because we are conditioned to see mm-hmm. a film in a certain way we hollywood has conditioned us the western storytelling has massively conditioned us hmm. in terms of like how we see stories as we now like there's no way like today like it's becoming much more difficult for things to be much more experimental because there's so much hollywood conditioning that has happened in our brains ki yeah. as soon as story deviates a little bit you is like ki why is it wasting hmm. our time yaar kahani batao na Hmm. so there's no matter of like you you are not investing in that experience very little is being invested in terms hmm. of the experience so that is always there so that is a conditioning so i'm saying in that format i sort of have found the rhythm ki i go with my instinct it's nothing like ki uh, there's no fixed sort of a way hmm. ki with each film it's a different instinct and there's sometimes i and i keep on making mistakes hopefully i make mistakes and find my own solution yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not like a easier sort of a route uh-huh. to figure that out okay so you mentioned masan so let's talk about yeah. one of my favorite scenes from masan which is when uh, yeah. uh, uh, richa chadda's character and sanjay vishra's character come back home after their first visit to the police station yeah. where richa chadda yeah. serves food to sanjay mishra and uh, i feel yeah. dramatically that was one of the most impactful scene because it was so realistic mm-hmm. and uh, holding on to the shots where sanjay mishra is breaking down off screen and we see richa chadda's mm-hmm. character so i just want to know mm-hmm. your uh, process of editing that scene and how it started uh-huh. uh, and how different was uh, the first cut uh, as compared to the final mm-hmm. product we have seen so uh that scene was uh, uh, neeraj had pretty much thought like a very i don't know if you watched a lot of michael haneke films mm-hmm. uh but like if you see michael haneke films it was a it was a scene from cache which was like a uh, which which sort of influenced us in a massive way in how we going to approach that scene and it 
it was like the way it was shot it was intentional ki there's gonna be no cuts no massive cuts no like this one there's almost like a uh, looming terror hmm. of like what will happen when are they gonna have that moment of breaking point where the father will discuss because till then you had the cop station you had the bus ride you had you entered you and it's like the beauty of that scene is ki they come back home and she's back to the kitchen and she's hmm. back to making something and that like the she yeah. is back to her reality yeah, yeah. and she's mm-hmm. like back to this one so that's the and he's again like a man who's sitting she's come she's coming and hmm. she's giving him full khana one after hmm. another so that scene the way it was constructed was pretty much how it was like what you see what we had done was there was a lot more stuff that was happening within the scene like okay. first uh she's watching the tv and she's watching the tv very blindly and he's looking at her so there was in the initial cut we had like a lot of build up to them staring mm-hmm. uh like she is obviously knows ki her father is staring mm-hmm. but she is just trying to avoid wanting to avoid mm-hmm. that confrontation where there will be something that will be said and mm-hmm. the humiliation is sort of getting to her but the problem is the house is so small you can't even go somewhere mm-hmm. else it's like where do you go that kind mm-hmm. of a feeling so that aspect of that father coming in and hitting her was mm-hmm. like always decided as one single shot it almost like a, the audience was put in a perspective they were like watching the family in a perspective so the, it was like the audience point of view all of a sudden was a very straight audience mm-hmm. point of view it wasn't going into character's point of view right, if you right. notice that the way the scene is shot it is like a very straight audience point of yes, view the yes. camera is just static mm-hmm. static there and it's not which is the same thing which you have done later on when the when she enters the guy's house at the end of the uh-huh. film just outside. before going to so we stay outside so it's yeah. this was one of those moments where we just saw the audience's point mm. of view and we are not going to character like not go, cutting to a close not cutting mm. to a right shot or something mm-hmm. to explain ki this is through the character trying to create just unnecessary energy so thought wise it was like how it was shot then what we did was ki as we got into much more finer and finer cut it kept on decreasing in terms of this one so we got a little bit more specific about like ki, okay we want like there'll be a rain in the uh, when it was shot obviously there was no rain there was mm-hmm. no rain or something yeah, so that was something that we created on the sound, sound. and uh, even the his crying that was also added in the sound that wasn't taken okay. there that uh-huh. was added later because that was obviously thought about ki actually it will be nice if he goes and hmm. like he's crying matlab but that was something hmm. that was thought about while this one also ki after he hits her he is hmm. also repenting hmm. so there's like ki he also doesn't want to do that but like he's helpless as to the society and the whatever the judgments on the society that will come with it so it sort of everything is affecting him mentally so that that like him crying was also something later added but okay. the idea was just to get into the audience's point of view Okay, so you mentioned over here that uh, the sound of the rain and the sound of Sanjay Mishra's uh-huh. breaking down was uh, created afterwards. So while you are mm. editing the film, there is a lot, a lot mm. of things will change when the soundscape is added. So how much of yeah. that is in your mind while cutting the film? That okay, this is something that can get elevated because of sound or certain things. Everything, everything. Okay. We have like I do like a very detailed sound design myself, even on the edit table. Okay. So like, like because. I मतलब generally if I am doing a screening for a film, mm-hmm. it has to be perfect in terms of like it's almost like you are going to watch a film, 
hopefully like obviously i know it will the final mix and everything but when i'm showing my offline also i prefer in a like the sound to be such ki it doesn't hinder in your watching experience mm. at any level like i even if someone like i take my mom also or something like i know she will get a little bit like uh rough because of the rough sound at times but at least when she's watching in a flow it won't affect her she will just watch seamlessly in the story so whatever that sound needs to be put i just put mm-hmm. it at the like at the edit time and mm-hmm. the something that specific like if the sound needs to be there some basic sounds like i even put the basic sounds also i even put like a basic framework ki gaadi chal rahi hai to gaadi ka bhi piche mein ek back layer ban jayega matlab we do a very detailed sound design okay even like in masan we had a very detailed sound design so that whole rain and all even in offline we had put it okay. so we knew even pankaj uh, sanjay mishra crying also that was also recorded he had gotten recorded from whatsapp and then we had put it okay. on the offline uh-huh. so just to give you that experience while watching in even in offline you get all the cues everything there mm-hmm. so then you later on it's like when you go into the sound it will just go higher only uh-huh. once everything comes together and the sound designer will coming in and throwing his own ideas mm-hmm. or her own ideas that will take the film much more higher than what already you have okay perfect so so next thing is that i feel the like i've read it uh, a lot of times that a film is written three times once on the writing table once mm-hmm. on the production stage and then again the editor writes the final film which we will see so there must mm-hmm. be a lot of uh, you need to fix a lot of things in the post production so mm-hmm. sometimes as you have mentioned in your earlier interview that uh, uh, mm-hmm. while shooting masan you were editing at that time and that's why mm. you were able to fix the scene where vicky kaushal's character's character meets shweta tripathi's character so what if mm. you don't have that option what if you have gotten the footage and people don't have the budget to go and reshoot it are there any incidents where you you have to have to fix something in the post production like an actor's performance or a certain mm. impact of a certain scene or overall film uh actually i've done a lot of that the only problem is ki uh like a lot of films where i've uh, so recently uh, uh like tell i'll tell you what exactly so in just to give you example of masan mm-hmm. masan mein there was lot of stuff which wasn't like uh, especially like them them jumping in the river huh. and uh, every time they going to take the sikka out huh, the huh, kids huh. whenever they go inside to take the sikka out that initially what it was shot was ki we had like a sort of a feeling ki these guys jump and then we go under water hmm. and from under water they come and we you show them putting the uh, coins on this one on the parapet or whatever hmm. so a lot of like while shooting they had shot thinking ki we'll just need two of those segments or whatever hmm. so a lot of times i have ended up repeating those okay. similar things uh-huh. so which you will notice if you are looking at detail like even the kids expression the kid had a massive issue when we were shooting he had a massive issue of blinking okay. because in front of camera what happened was ki off camera he was an amazing kid but uh-huh. when it came to camera and suddenly gadgets being there he would blink a lot so a lot of times we have used the same reaction again uh-huh. at different place Mm-hmm. at like same reaction so the using the same reaction same smile same something that we do a lot in terms of the edit okay. even like uh, even structurally a lot of things we sort of do with uh, 
thankfully matlab when you are working on a bigger film you generally have enough footage and you have they have done like massive coverage anyways it's the smaller films where you sort of like ki try to figure ki oh actually they haven't shot this hmm. and now how do we figure to tell so that's when a lot of times like uh, a lot of times like a voice over comes into the place hmm. uh, like there's a film which i was just sort of helping out with uh, it was zoya factor which i just sort hmm. of there was someone else a friend of mine was editing and i was just helping out and on that film it was like ki the, there was a slight issue with the opening of the film hmm. and the way it sort of picks up and the way it opens up and what we had to do was ki we had to take up so there was this one footage which which was never thought about ki taken in a way of like this ball being hit and it's a cricket shot so i created this whole thing of like repeating the same shot again and again like we okay. reversed the shot and we re- re- reversed it so okay. it felt like the batsman is hitting the shot uh-huh. the ball is getting caught and then again we rewind it and mm-hmm. we show it of course we put in a voice over saying uh-huh. ki what we were trying to communicate as long as the thought process can come across in mm-hmm. what you were trying to say then mm-hmm. it's then it's sorted mm-hmm. otherwise like sometimes you do need to go out and shoot but mostly like if the budget doesn't allow you sort of try to start trying to figure ki how can you tell that narrative without getting disturbing mm-hmm. anything or without shooting okay so you said that uh, you use the same shots and uh, fix a certain thing yeah. in a certain film so uh, yeah. this no one will ever realize this because it's done nicely yeah. so uh, yeah. editing is a very invisible art and sometimes yeah. the editor also becomes very invisible but uh, for mm. a certain filmmaker like edgar wright his editing style mm. is very visible so what do you think about that like i know it's a filmmaker's choice but uh, still what are your thoughts on uh as in see edgar wright is a like a like uh, for me edgar wright christopher nolan all these guys are like really amazing editors on paper huh. so when you read their scripts if you read pick up any edgar wright script if mm-hmm. you pick up any nolan script mm-hmm. there's so much editing that has happened on the paper it's insane like they are so meticulous in terms of every beat every cut every movement that it actually the editor has to really elevate the experience yeah. of him coming in like when a lee smith walks in works on a christopher nolan film he really takes the position to a higher matlab hmm. of course like he writes it very detailed but after a point the even inception you can't figure ki what will yeah. happen what will go with what music what will work or interstellar or whichever yeah. these films are or even edgar wright edgar wright is writes extremely detailed scripts extremely mm-hmm. detailed but however detail you write however edit like friendly sort of scripts you write uh there will be always the job of the editor like david driver has to be constructed on the edit you mm. can't get those chase sequences nobody you yeah. can write as much as detailed on the paper mm. but actually when mm-hmm. you go to shoot there'll be something else that will come mm. and the energy has to be created with that okay. instead of what is there so i don't have like the see the film what what your question was ki what is the editing being an invisible art i don't think it works like that these are all terms which are uh, largely which have been started by saying ki editing should be an invisible art there's nothing like the like the whole process should be an invisible art uh. that's the whole beauty of filmmaking is the whole process like mm. you are watching a film you are sucked into everything mm-hmm. in terms of so if that 
film works for you then everything is an invisible art for you mm-hmm. because that characters work for you when you watch baby driver or when you watch uh, scott pilgrim Hmm. you love the characters yeah, you yeah. get into the journey of characters mm-hmm. the edit is a extra perk in terms of like ki how he is stylistically Stylized. shown yeah, something yeah. Uh-huh. yeah stylistically shown something and that is helping to elevate the narrative hmm. that is not like it's in the for you because you are as a intellectual you are thinking about it ki oh how beautifully it cut hmm. but that's the style he went with while writing and huh. that's what he went to achieve hmm. so for him that was the style he was trying to achieve he hmm. wasn't looking for whether the edit will be shown or invisible art will be shown mm-hmm. he was just going to tell his narrative in the strongest possible manner okay. so that's the only thing that you need to sort of figure when mm-hmm. you are doing that okay so matlab yeah, to individual to individual film ha huh. so uh, you have worked with a bunch of different different directors and uh, yeah. is there like uh, sometimes you take a decision from your po- point of view and the director mm-hmm. doesn't agree to that so does that happen mm-hmm. that negotiating with a director uh does that uh, become difficult sometimes no actually i've never had that kind of an experience because i let like if sometimes we have like a place where i'm saying something and the director doesn't agree mm-hmm. i let it breathe for some time like okay. the, when i uh, just to uh, again go back to that uh, poetry writing example mm-hmm. it's like it's something which i told zoya like when uh when i met her just after the shoot only mm-hmm. i said ki what do you think of this we don't need to change anything mm-hmm. but what do you think of this idea so for her because she written the script it takes little bit of a time ki oh yeah actually that makes sense for that mm-hmm. realization i need to see i am saying ki i always take it ki i also don't know i am also trying so mm-hmm. it's nothing like ki i know my game mm-hmm. better than you or you know my game better than yourself mm-hmm. so it's not a competition it's the yeah. film is be- bigger than all of us mm-hmm. so the film should work the thought should work mm-hmm. the story should work the narrative should work that's the be- that's the basic core thing that you want to apply so when i'm trying to change something the idea is not to impose ki this is needs to be changed otherwise i'm leave mm-hmm. the idea is to sort of and make the other person understand because that person has invested that much time so you have to understand if i would invest 3 years writing a script i would also be very emotional yeah. about every beat yeah. of it and mm-hmm. when it comes to another person coming and saying ki nahi nahi isko hata ke aise mm-hmm. bol so i need to respect that aspect for a director mm-hmm. or a writer to understand mm-hmm. where is that person coming from when he was writing or she was writing and when i'm suggesting that how should i suggest that so it's more of a matter of making other person understand it's for me it's not about arguing it's about more just like seeing the process with the director making them understand and if sometimes they feel like very strongly then you let it breathe hmm. till your first screening happens for like a very lay, lay basic audience because that's your true uh, judgment in terms of everything that's the first time you will suddenly see all the problems all huh. problems surfacing all problems mm-hmm. uh things that you were hmm. discussed or whatever it will all surface it out hmm. so if something that you had suggested which director wasn't willing to if that's that is felt by people across the board then it will come out and then hmm. suddenly that aspect will be clear and something which i have suggested which the director agreed but it actually wasn't good for the film so people will suggest something that will bring to then we'll actually end up bringing back something also huh. so there are things both ways that happen yeah, yeah, yeah. so you have to be open like 
for me it's like a very uh, pure process of just being open and letting it sink in and letting it breathe and seeing seeing it just purely as like you are just working towards of making a better film not about mm. like doing anything with your egos or anything yeah, yeah. yeah it's not about a competition with uh-huh. anyone trying to show who's uh-huh. better it's just the keeping the honesty of the film alive uh-huh. Okay so when a film is made the uh, the vision of the film is the director's vision and every other artist mm. joins and elevates the film overall so as an editor mm. what is your voice in the films you cut uh my voice it will be see my voice should change with film to film that's okay. one thing okay it can't be like he, uh, i don't believe in like having a singular voice like yeah, i have some trademark which i'm mm. trying to follow okay i will cut it like this or mm-hmm. i feel like my voice is best if the film works for mm-hmm. what it is and if you don't like sort of question any sort of problems in terms of like oh this scene could have been there actually mm-hmm. it would have worked much more emotionally like uh, again like gali boy something like very simple like the last song which comes the train song mm-hmm. that was actually that was actually placed somewhere else in the script oh and it was a call which i suddenly felt like why do we have the scene with the song right after he's won the rap battle round why uh-huh. don't we shift that whole song because we had shot shot that that other part of the song where he uh, goes on to the stage and shouts mm-hmm. and there's a crowd and all that was what was actually the real end of the film was that okay. much only in uh-huh. walking into the stage everything but when we actually moved the song late uh, at the end uh-huh. suddenly it just came together fully and uh-huh. we added that last bit to the song so mm-hmm. it made like much more sense in overall and made it much more compact mm-hmm. because then your you because what was happening was the graph was going up and down mm-hmm. in terms of this one so for me the voice has to be individually to each film and the film should work for what you are watching if you are if i'm able to deliver on the experience that you are watching mm-hmm. that film that is what my job is in terms of heighten or elevating because i can't have like a trademark sort of a huh. because at the end of the day i am in the service of the story hmm. i'm not in the service of anyone else nice. so the story should work the film should work the character should work hmm. and the rhythm should work that if that works that pretty much that film has just this done justice hmm. to anyone who's watching it okay what a beautiful thing so mm-hmm. uh, this this will my last question is that uh, when you started you must have made a lot of mistakes and uh, now with yeah. a lot of experience how do you judge a well edited film and a badly edited film and what are the few things we can like is it just it just comes with practice or are there few things which we can do as an editor or a person who's just starting out can do to uh, make sure he's serving to the film in the bestest way possible hmm uh see of course like it's very hard to pinpoint such things because then you are getting like very analytical with the edit and i feel like every story uh, has to be dealt in a different manner with different mm. care sort of care to mm. understand what what is better in that film but at the core level when when i look at a film or an edit now or even like what i see to it ki what is it trying to say to me and i i actually don't see it ki first and the first instinct 
I'm not even looking at the edit. I'm just seeing the film for what it is. It's the yeah. story. It's the character. I'm just watching as a layman. I don't okay. want to get so technical. Ki I'm watching right from the top. I'm watching a film, and I'm. I see to it that whether the structure is engaging, whether the beats are engaging, if the story is exciting, that is what I, why I have come to the theater to watch it. Uh-huh. Now, whether it uh, like delivers on the story of what it's mentioning or what it's talking about, that is the challenge. And if okay. I feel like oh no, actually they could have done this, they could have shifted some portion there, uh-huh. and that could have elevated. If the rhythm overall feels like it, a little. Like honky dory, that mm. you are sort of like that it's going up and down, and mm. you don't know what exactly. That's when you sort of see. But a like a badly edited film can also really work for you because mm. of the emotion. Uh-huh. So there is nothing called like a bad edit per se in terms of there's all everything is very subjective in these kind of things. Okay. And there is always that process. Now when I say that subjective, I'm not denying the fact that there can't be a bad edit hmm. like that is not the leeway to give ki i can do a bad edit and call it like ki it is subjective i hmm. like that edit hmm. that is of course that's the thing. but are you doing justice to the story hmm. if the edit is doing justice to the story that means it's a good edit for me even if it's a bad edit in terms of like a lot of times hmm. there'll be like jarring cuts but if hmm. that helping the emotion i don't think there's anything wrong with it okay. because at the end of the day it's about emotion it's about the service of your story mm-hmm. it's about your characters and that's what matters and if the film edit or anything else any department is doing justice to that that every that department it works for me completely and mm-hmm. that is all right even if like in the classical terms it's considered to be bad like ki uh, close up say you shouldn't go into like a, a long shot say you mm-hmm. shouldn't go into a wide say close up mein gaye mm-hmm. या लॉन्ग शॉट से क्लोज अप में गए बट क्लोज अप से मिड शॉट में मत जाओ मिड शॉट से क्लोज अप में गए तो कैसा लगेगा सो दोस काइंड ऑफ लाइक टेक्निकल टर्म्स एंड ऑल इफ लाइक आई डोंट गिव अ डैम अबाउट इन टर्म्स ऑफ व्हाइल वाचिंग इट व्हाइल आई एम कनेक्टेड विद द इमोशन एंड इट मेंटेंस द कंसिस्टेंसी देन आई एम ओके विद इट बिकॉज़ आई हैव टू सी कि व्हाट इज द स्टोरी ट्राइंग टू सर्व द पर्पस फॉर हु इज इट बीइंग मेड फॉर व्हाट इज लाइक आई एम नॉट गोना क्वेश्चन अ सर्टेन फिल्म व्हिच इज अ वेरी मासी फिल्म of like uh trying to a pot boiler masi pot boiler mm. like a like a your usual four five stars that a uh. drama like uh. these uh, like funny movies or whatever mm. those films i wouldn't question in terms of what they are trying to i'm going to see ki, am i getting the experience what they want me to get okay. on that if i'm mm. questioning edit and all that in that experience that means the film has a problem uh. Okay, so if you're going so into the analysis side while watching the film, then there is an issue. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, so on that note, thank you so much, sir, for joining us and uh, letting us know what what all goes behind the final film you see. And uh, I hope you had fun. And uh, thank you so much for yeah. taking time out for this. Thank you, thank you so much. Bye bye. Yes, thank you, Vidar. Bye.